Welcome to Lessons for Life. This is our podcast. I'm Troy Hudkins, and today my guest is Ashley Lowe. Ashley, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Um, so to start with, who is Ashley Lowe? Who am I? Um, I am a physiotherapist, and I specialize in women's health, so pelvic health physiotherapy. I am... Um, I'm a CrossFitter. I'm a CrossFit coach. I train out of a CrossFit gym. I am a daughter. Um, I have no brothers and sisters, so I'm an only child. Okay. I am an only grandchild on one side. Uh, Perfect. Lots of spoiling. Lots of spoiling. Yeah, for sure. It was, I was very fortunate growing up. So yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Awesome. Awesome. So you're a physiotherapist. What inspired you to choose that career? Actually, it was a bit of a roundabout way that I got into physiotherapy. So going through like middle school and high school, um, physio was kind of my first thought or something in the medical system was my first thought. And then as I kind of started applying to university and everything, uh, my dad actually talked me out of it for a bit of time. So I went into university. Um, actually, I was supposed to be going to college. I, was, I had enrolled in the nurse practitioner program. And the week before classes started, I went to my dad and said, I don't think I want to do this. I want to go to university instead. Nice. And so we made the switch within a week and I was enrolled in university. Didn't really know at that point where I was going to be. I just knew that I was like, I miss math, but I like science. And so what do, what do I do? And he was like, just go to your first year of university. It's general education from decide the U of L anyways and decide from there. So I did my first year, um, took all the sciences, all the maths. And then my dad was like, what do you think of accounting? And I was like, <laughs> I like numbers. That sounds yep. good. So I switched my major and I went into accounting. So I did, um, I actually almost finished my bachelor of management degree in accounting. Oh, okay. Um, in my last semester, I went and did a, an eight month co-op at an accounting firm. They were the most amazing firm, most amazing people. But I realized that I can't sit for that many hours in a day. And so... And um, stare at a computer and do yeah, numbers. Yeah. So I... <laughs> They offered me a, an articling position at that point and I turned it down and said, you know what, I'm going, I'm going to go back and I'm going to switch my major and I know for sure that I want to do physio. That's, nice. that's what I want. So I, with four classes remaining in my bachelor of management degree, I went back into the counselor, like the academic counselors. I said, no, I want to switch. I want to be nice. in physio school next year. So we because I had taken all of like the science background and everything like that, it was, it was pretty easy for me to switch my degree over to a uh, bachelor of science. Not, not necessarily starting over. Yeah. Starting partway through. Yeah. So okay. it actually only added on a year to my undergrad degree. So nice. uh, it took five years to do the undergrad program and came up with my uh, bachelor of science and then applied to the physio program and got into that one on the first go around, which was really nice. And then, um, awesome. yeah, now I'm here. That's awesome. So, so you took a lot of schooling. Yes. Yeah. How important is education? Um, 
<laughs> I think it's I think it's really important, but I think it's really important for different reasons than what you're actually learning. Because what I found through all of that schooling was that a lot of the stuff that we were being taught or learning didn't actually get used or didn't apply too much to what's happening in your real world job setting right. in the real world. But what it did teach you was um, time management, how to work hard, right. um, how to have deadlines and have to meet them, okay. right? Because that's something that happens in the real world. Correct. And I feel like those are all important skills to learn to make you successful in whatever career you choose. So more so that like the life lessons that that teaches you okay actually being in the education system and then obviously like there's depending on what field you're in the actual teaching component is also very important because it does like right. for something like physio you have to have all that base knowledge of how the body works anatomy physiology everything like that so you still have to learn it yeah the content part for for my chosen field is also very important, but I think overall the just general, how do you, how do you get through school teaches right. you then how to be a successful and um, yeah, contributing person in your career. Okay. So if you had to choose between formal education, like schooling mm -hmm. or life lessons, which one would you say carries more importance? I think it depends on your job. I think it depends on your career because you can have all the life experience in the world, but if you don't have the formal education behind body systems, behind anatomy, I don't know that you could, you could be doing as well in this field, but there's other fields where I think formal education probably doesn't do a whole lot for it. Right. Like right. depending. So I think it depends on your field on okay, what you what you go through but obviously the people i think who are most successful in their given field have both right you see the people right. we would describe them as like oh they're book smart but they don't have street smarts right or the opposite where it's like well they've got all this life but then they don't have that kind of baseline formal right. piece and so i don't think it's i think you need both to be truly successful Pro probably a balance somewhat yeah. Yeah. And like you said, some, some trades or some careers maybe need less formal education mm -hmm. and more experience, mm -hmm. like say a carpenter. Yeah. You know, you got to understand how to put things together. Yes. But if you go out and you learn it in the real it. world, you, you might be really, really good yeah. and not have a ton of years of schooling, but somebody like a doctor or physiotherapist that, that needs to understand the anatomy and the body and the muscle tissues and the nerve endings mm -hmm. and everything not everybody's going to know that yeah right so yeah. you can't you can't go be a physiotherapist and not understand all that yes but then you also can't i feel like in the that medical field you also can't just be that because you it's a people first industry right i think we sometimes right. forget that as healthcare professionals where it's like you can be as book smart as you want but if you can't interact with your patients or you can't understand maybe their life experiences are where they are. Right. How are like, how is that going to work? And everybody has a different story. Mm -hmm. So you might get three or four people coming to you that maybe are looking for the same, I guess, 
physio, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. But because of their situation, you do different exercises with them or, or treat the exercises differently to relate to their situation. Yes. Yeah. Yes, totally. And that's even within physio, uh, we get people coming in and they'll say, oh, well, I have a rotator cuff tear. So I Googled these, the, the exercises that I should be doing. And it's like, well, yes, that can be a diagnosis, but a diagnosis doesn't tell me what that individual is having difficulties with. Right. Or they're all going to present slightly differently. They're all going to be doing slightly different activities. They're going to be different ages, different genders. And so that's fine to have, again, that like diagnosis and understand the book smart part of what does a rotator cuff mean, uh, rotator cuff tear mean, and possibly what deficits will they be having. But then based on that person, the two treatments, people could come into me with the exact same injury and their treatments can look totally different depending on who they are, what they need, what symptoms they're experiencing. So it's not like, yeah, it's not kind of a one size fits all. Right. You, you don't just say, this is what the book says to do. So let's do that. Yes. Yes. And I feel like that used to be the way it was where um, rehab in general used to be very protocol dependent where it was right. like, oh, well, this is what you had. This is the exact thing that you follow. Everybody gets the same thing. And so it's been really nice over the last, I don't know, like 10 years or so um, to see the industry grow and actually have more of that individual approach to things rather than being so bound by these protocols right. that were all just based on book smarts right. rather than okay, that's what the textbook says, but what is this person actually presenting with? Right. So then going back to life experience. So with physiotherapists working with patients and maybe some of them taking initiative to say, well, this exercise isn't necessarily working. Mm -hmm. We need to change it somewhat Mm -hmm. for that person. Mm -hmm. So maybe through their experiences, training becomes differently for the newer generation coming through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, So, so you mentioned your parents and your, Mm -hmm. your dad kind of talked you into accounting. Yeah. Yeah. So of your parents who had more of an impact on you growing up, your mother or your father? Oh, I'd say, I don't, I think both. I think as a female, when you're growing up, you tend to butt heads with your mother like any teenage girl does. So then you're kind of more in line with your, in your dad, I guess. But they were both very, they're both very involved in my life. Um, they were both very, they both had very different strengths. And I feel like I picked up a lot of both of their qualities. Awesome. Like I can, people can really see I'll be like, I know exactly who your parents are because you act like your dad in this situation. You act like your mom right. in this. And so I don't know that either of them had more than the other. It okay. wasn't like I spent more time with one or felt closer with one. They were, we were kind of a really solid unit. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So of the character traits your mother and father had, choosing one or two from each one, what kind of traits would you like to take from them that you could pass to younger generations? From my dad, um, I would say the, the ability to 
kind of just put your head down and work. So the work ethic. Yeah. Kind of that work ethic of like, you see, what do you want? Okay. What do you need to do to get there? Okay. Go and do it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so he's, he was very much like that. He is a, he's kind of a silent person that doesn't need a lot of, doesn't need a lot of the attention or a lot of the like rah, rah to go and just do something. He's just like a quiet worker, knows what needs to get done, does it and doesn't, doesn't seek that like external praise. Okay. He definitely deserves it. Yeah. But you know, like one of those people that's just like silently always there doing such a good job and just kind of does it for the sake of doing a good job rather than for the sake of praise. Right. Um, I, yeah, that's probably one of the best things that I've seen in him and getting older, seeing it more and understanding right. it more. As, as you, as age. I'm aging. Yeah. Okay. Not yeah, that not he's him. aging and he's yeah. getting better at it. No, no. Aging you're and recognizing it more. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cause when you're, when you're younger, you don't really pay attention to what your parents are right. doing or things like right. that. But as you get older and you start doing some of the same things, you're like, Oh, well, that's where I got that from. And, Correct. And, wow. I can't believe that he did that for that long. That's, that's so amazing. Cool. Yeah. What about your mother? Um, for my mom, I would say her, like her compassion for people. She is somebody that will like bend over backwards to help. And again, is very thankless. Like she, she does it because she truly cares about that person. Right. And sometimes at the sacrifice of her own self where she'll put everybody else first. Yeah. Um, I think, and I, like I've, I've fallen into that too, where it's like, Oh, it doesn't matter about me. I just, I need to help you. Right. Kind of thing. And so it's good and it's bad, right? Because that's somebody that you can always depend on to right. be there where you're that person that, people know they can call on you for help no matter what and you're always there and always strong for them but then what sometimes are you to sometimes? a fault because yes. sometimes it it hinders your yeah. progress or your yeah your own life yeah because you're busy with them yeah. yeah and then you see it like I see it with her where she'll give 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 so much and then people almost just forget that and they drop they drop her. Right. So again, watching that from the outside being like, wow, you're always there for everyone else. But then if you ever need anything or they just kind of like forget because everybody goes about their busy ways and forgets that she was kind of there, that solid rock. She was there in their time of need, making sure that they were okay and not seeing that reciprocated. It's hard to watch. Yeah. And do you find, I, I know my family's like that too, myself and my wife and even all my kids. And I learned that from my parents. Mm-hmm. But do you find that um, they give, 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 and then when it's time that they need help, they don't ask? Um, yes. Yeah. Because that, that's a big thing with us yeah. is we don't always ask for the help. Yeah. We will drop everything and go help. Yes. But, but that, then when we need it, we don't necessarily ask for the help. Yeah. Like showing that vulnerability, I guess, to say that like, Hey, you know what? Even though it looks like I've got everything together all the time, maybe I sometimes need a bit of help too. Right. And yeah. we all do at yeah. points, right. At different points in our life. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what person outside of your family has made the largest impact on your life? <laughs> 
outside of my family, hey? Oh, um, I don't know. That's a tough one. I, I, I actually want to say my ex, um, we were together for just about 10 years and, um, I was, I was quite young when I entered into that. And so I feel like a little bit of my adult life was kind of shaped by him because he was, he was a little bit older. (laughs) And so he had more of that kind of life experience. And so going into things of, um, like transitioning. So I was still in, I was still in university. I hadn't, I hadn't even graduated my undergrad yet. Whereas he had been kind of out and working and owning a home and all of these things. So like he, he did, he helped me through all of those things to learn how to, how to manage kind of life things. Right. Um, so yeah, I would say like he had a, he had a big impact okay. on a lot of, on a lot of that. And even now even with us not together like learning i don't know maybe how i want to do life <laughs> once i get to that age right. and kind of seeing like okay well i saw this happen right how can i prevent that from happening or how can i make that happen things like that so, right yeah different different things that you're looking at in the future yeah. that you you want to like you said your dad says if you want it you focus on it. What do you got to do to get there and, and yeah. go for it? Yeah. Yeah. And then or, ERs, or get away from it yes. because you don't want that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So. Nice. Who is your idol? Who do you look up to and say, I want to be like that person or I want to do what they've done or I want to be as successful as them. Who, who would you choose as your idol? Ooh, that's yeah i i've actually never really thought of that um like a specific person i know like the qualities that i look for but i don't think that i've ever picked a certain one person so okay so if if we change the question a little bit and said what qualities do you see yeah in some of those people that you would want for yourself what would they be so I would, the people that I typically kind of look up to are like, oh, I want to, I want to mimic that, um, are people who have created, they've created an impact in some way that has really changed, changed how things are done or changed how, um, like for the healthcare industry, how things are provided. So okay. I guess looking at it's very career based for me all of the all of the people that's great are it's that they're successful in that aspect and they're successful because they have made an impact on people's health um, and the way that the healthcare industry is working essentially right okay so if i could kind of step on a side note there i Mm -hmm. know where you work Mm -hmm. we i I go there often Mm -hmm. my wife does too so the owner and the person that started this whole place Mm -hmm. when they started they were just an acupuncture place Mm -hmm. and that's when i started going there that's a long time ago um but now they've got multiple facets of healthcare provided in that office yes yeah so 
like yeah. like that would be something that you would kind yes. of look at as yeah as somebody that I would I would kind of want to follow for sure um I have always been that person that like growing up on sports teams I was always the captain or the leader um in nice. any of my like extracurricular volunteer activities anything like that I was always that head person um so I like, I like that. I like when the responsibilities and the decisions um, fall to me. I like having that control. I like, um, I like being able to kind of see that big picture and have that kind of laser focus of, okay, how is this going to get done? Like I have this idea. How can I make that happen? And how, how long is it going to take? What do I need? And right. so it's very meticulous like that. And I feel like um, Sean and Toby complete each other in that regard where like we had our staff meeting last night and Sean was like, I'm the vision, Toby's the execution. So they have figured that out between the two of them and created this really awesome new approach to health nice. and healthcare. And I see what you're saying when I go in there and talk with both of them, because I know both of them quite well. And yeah. I, I see that action. I see him with the vision yeah, and seeing where he wants to go and stuff and her, kind of taking the reins and saying, okay, we're getting there. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. And that's kind of what I would, or what I intend to do. Um, but more so with regards to like introducing more so like women's health into Lethbridge. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So you mentioned sports teams mm -hmm. being a captain and, and having, you know, that impact. So, so what impact did being on sports teams have in your life? Same kind of thing, I guess, with the education is it teaches you, it's more of those life lessons, right? Where it teaches you to work with people. It teaches you to resolve conflict. There's going to be some people that you maybe just don't get along with, but you have to work with them or you have to play on that sports team with them. So how do you Always navigate is. that, right? Um, teaches you discipline. So you know that you have a tournament on the weekend. You got to make sure that you have gone into your classes and talked to your teachers, gotten your homework, gotten it done prior to that. What else do I need to do? Oh, I only have to make sure that I'm packed and ready and good sleep so that I'm feeling okay for the tournament. So it teaches you all of those, again, all of those things to just prepare to be an efficient, successful person later on. Because right. from a young age, that's all you knew was kind of schedule, routine, hard work, and then what comes from that. Okay, so being a captain as opposed to just being a player on the mm. team, tell me the difference. So I think with being the captain, you, again, needed to kind of put yourself behind everybody else. So you were constantly watching to see, okay, how is everyone, how is everyone else doing? How is the team feeling? Are there things that we need to address? How do I approach each person to connect with them individually? How do I lead so that they... Because they're all different. Yes, they're all different. How do I lead so that they respond to it well and not, not see it as... Um, like bossy or condescending or anything so figuring figuring out people essentially right and then being that person who is kind of like stone cold 
you don't show when things aren't going great. You don't get overexcited when things are going really great. You're kind of just even kilter to keep everybody else because you're going to have those ones that are up and down. You need to keep everything kind of at a steady, steady pace. And whatever that situation is, you put on the face that people need to see in that instance. So how is it balancing being that person being the captain and having that impact on the other players mm. and still focusing on playing yourself? Um, I, I didn't find it too hard, but mostly because I think that's how I approach most of my life. Okay. So I didn't like, it's, it's almost second nature for me to, I've always been that person that's been kind of even, even keel and get a read on what people need. Yeah. in that instance and yeah. kind of so it's not I didn't I didn't really have to work hard at that that was something that and I don't know where it came from if it came from mom and dad doing that growing up or seeing like my dad was a really good football coach um, when I was growing up and so I spent a lot of time around him doing that so I don't nice. know if, if that nice. had any impact on it but yeah it was it wasn't like, I mean, in some instances, like if I was having a bad game or things like that, I would have to really, I would have to really make sure that I was not showing that or kind of no, but everything else, it was fine to balance. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so then being on a team and being the captain, how does that relate with say your coaches on the team? How, how do you react or how how does the impact from your coaches have on you? Um, I feel like we might have had a closer relationship, being more of that kind of captain leadership role, because you would almost be that in between, where if the coach needed to deliver something and it wasn't being heard, or vice versa. Like you're kind of that person you're that's part supposed of the crew. to connect, right? right. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I was, I was, clo- I was close with, I'd say like all of my coaches except for one, um, just because of that. Like I always, I always, it was a good relationship. Nice. Um, and then mm-hmm. having that, kind of having that trust back and forth between each other being like okay like I might not see this but I trust you because you're the coach and kind of being able to go but also them if I really didn't understand something or really didn't agree they were always good to listen right so I felt like I was fortunate in the fact that I did have really great coaches growing up that that could yeah play both those roles awesome yeah, I coached hockey for 27 years and I coached with multiple different people. Mm-hmm. I have one guy that I coached with for about 17 years and we just clicked totally the whole time. Mm-hmm. But having other coaches and captains on teams and stuff and understanding them and how to relay things through them or listen to them because they are in the team mm-hmm. and they can give you insight as to what the other teammates are feeling or seeing or whatever. Yeah, definitely a a big thing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What is your why? 
what is my why? <laughs> I feel like that has changed in the last year. Um, my, my why before was because it's what I thought that's just what you did. Where growing up, it was you go to university, you get a good job, you get married, you have kids, you have a successful life, you're happy. And so my why was that it was just that it's because it's what you're supposed to do. Right. So it was not really an option where it's like, Oh, okay. Like right after high school, you, you go to university, you work hard because then that means that you get a good job. And by having a good job, that means that you're going to have a happy life because you enjoy your job. You are able to provide for a family or a spouse if that is what you so choose. Um, so yeah, I would say my why was more so driven by that like picture of what life was supposed to look like. Right. The white picket fence. The... Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess in the last year I was kind of, I was kind of searching for that why being like, okay, I'm, I'm working so hard. I'm doing all of these things. I'm doing everything quote unquote perfectly. So whether it was following a nutrition plan, following an exercise plan. So like everything that you're supposed to do to make your life look and feel perfect, I was doing. And I was very, very unhappy. And I didn't understand why, because I was like, well, somebody told me that if I do all of these things, because that's what's meant to be perfect, be right. that you should be happy and you should, everything should be right. And at that time, that's when I was going through our separation. I was changing, I changed jobs. I moved houses and I went through separation in the span of about two weeks. So it was just a lot of, that was my time to be like, okay, what is all of this? What is all of this for? Why are you doing this? And so I feel like I'm still working on that and kind of finding my, finding my true why um, has been, it's been a bit of a journey saying, why do you like, why do you feel the need to have to, whether it's like work insane hours or be perfect with this nutrition program or be whatever. Um, and I don't think I totally have the answer yet. I know, right. I know some things. So like, why, why do I want to be a physiotherapist? Love helping people. I, awesome. I love being able to have an impact on people's lives in something that actually truly matters. So when somebody comes in and they're, even it's a, if it's as simple as my shoulder hurts and I want to be able to play catch with my grandson, like I want to be able to have that impact on them so that their life can be better. So my why for my work is pretty easy. Um, the why for everything else that I do outside of work, that's still coming. I feel like I, I, uh, yeah, it's a work in progress. Well, next year when we have another interview, we can talk about your new. Yeah. Why. Yeah. I'm yeah. hoping that this podcast has an impact on people's lives because that's what I want for people is for them to see other people's life experiences. Mm-hmm and take those lessons for life and maybe use them in their own. Yeah. Because like I said, we all have different stories and if someone can pull 
two or three things from you and two or three things from somebody else and their experiences. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can be better, right? Yeah. Better person. Yeah. Yeah. And having that person to <laughs> relate to is, is nice, right? Cause a lot of times we get so set in what our role is in our relationships and in our kind of community that a lot of times we do, we're like, Oh, I feel like I don't have somebody who's going to be able to relate to talk to you about this. So right. this will be good because somebody somewhere is going to be feeling <laughs> the same thing. And they're going to yeah. listen. Yeah. They're going to listen and take some advice from it. Mm -hmm. Do you find you mentioned, you know, you're, you're still trying to find your why now mm -hmm. because it's changed. So you're on a, a new journey. Mm -hmm. Do you find that journey wavers different? ways or are you focused on something towards the end of it or um yeah i like i i i think i used to have an an end goal um where it was it was i want to um i want to own my own clinic i want to bring women's health more into the focus in lethbridge and start to have a more collaborative, um, easily accessible place for women. I want to be married. I want to have a child. I want to have the ability to travel and explore different places in the world. Um, so that used to be that thing where I was like, that's exactly that's what goal. I want my end goal. Um, and doing all of those things perfectly that I thought would lead to that goal didn't lead there. So I think my, that's where the whole search of like, why am I now, why am I doing all of these things? Because they didn't lead to that outcome. Right. And it might've been that they just don't lead to that outcome yet. Right. Or it could be that maybe it's, it's changing. So my, my why now or my kind of goal now I feel like has switched to more work-based just okay. because being in it now I see the need for it and I see the lack of resources for it and so I feel like the the split between like work and life goals are kind of diverging a little bit and one is taking over that may waver in the future right but for right now i feel like um like career-based goals are kind of at the forefront okay for the direction of things okay so yeah not too much wavering yet but <laughs> maybe in the future depending on who enters into my life but, but you're still on a journey and mm -hmm. it's a long road and and you wade your way through it as yeah things come up yeah and I think that is more, that's more the important thing is realizing that everything changes and the people who are truly successful and happy adapt to those changes. Right. Right. So adapting to, okay, well, you met that goal or you didn't, or you were kind of going about it the wrong way. You need to do something different. Right. And so being able to A, recognize that and then B, make those changes because if you don't, then you are, you're just that, that person who's kind of like stuck, right? We see that all the time White where that person fence. who is 
stuck in something. Yeah. Where they just, or they're like running into a brick wall where they keep doing the same thing, expecting those different outcomes or they're truly not happy, but they won't make any changes, but then they don't understand why they're not happy. So yeah. Right. I think being able to, being able to recognize and then adapt is what is ultimately going to get you that, that true kind of sense of happiness and whatever your goal is in life. Right. Right. Recognizing it and not being scared to make the change. Yeah. Yeah. To achieve what you want in your future. Yeah. What is your biggest motivator? You've already mentioned like helping people. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think my biggest motivator is just being able to make an impact. So I think about all the things that I am currently kind of working on or doing and they all have that underlying theme of, oh, you're, you're introducing this. Why? Because I want to help these people. Oh, well, you're doing this at work. Why? Because I want to make an impact on that person. So I think it's mostly, it all kind of boils down to that where I want to, I want to be able to kind of leave that legacy of like, oh, when you think about Ashley, you thought about that she could help you. She made an impact in your life. And like a an impact that was meaningful to you. Right. Going above and beyond to make everything better for me. Yeah. Yeah. So that that in the end I, I walk out of there better. Yes. A better person. Yeah. Because of you being part of it. Yes. Yeah. And just being able to, there's so many things I feel like in our lives now, especially in today's society that you are very, isolated and we all have things going on so just being able to be that a person like a resource for people I feel like is is very rewarding where they feel like they can they can trust you they can open up to you um, and that you can just be that support and that help nice is there any other career that you would like to do if you had to choose something different besides accounting besides yeah (laughs) i honestly and this is where i struggled because i loved school and i i still love learning um so for me i i like all things and i think i could be happy in a number of jobs but they all again have that impact. So something that I think I could be happy with would be something like teaching. But again, you have that impact. Um, Anything in the medical community um, is really big just because I feel like your health is, when we look at any kind of pyramid of like happiness, life experiences, if you don't have your health, you can't really get things above that. And so that's where... I, th- I think I would always stay within the healthcare field. Um, different positions, I think, offer different things. But in general, just some, some component of that where you are actually making sure that people kind of have that base so that they can go out and enjoy the important things in life, right? Nice, nice. Okay, what is your biggest fear? Hmm. Um, I think my biggest fear would be that 
I, <laughs> there's two. One would be that I fail at that. And so I get, like I get, I don't know, that I would stop learning and almost get complacent in what I do so that I stop actually helping and caring for people. And you see that it's like, that's not knocking any of the healthcare industry, but we see that constantly with healthcare professionals because in our early years, we go so hard and try to give so much, you get that healthcare provider burnout. And then you start to see that later on where it's like people are just complacently going through things and they're just kind of buying their time. I don't ever want to get to that point. I want to be able to be excited and engaged and constantly learning and adapting because that's what life is to be able to best do whatever I'm doing. And maybe that means that in 20 years, I'm not doing direct patient care if I'm burnt out at that point. And I want to be right. able to recognize that and say, okay, maybe it's time then that you go into something like teaching. So going into the education and component so that the next ones can come in or something like that or going into any, it just, yeah, I just don't ever want to get to, to a point where I don't have the desire to perform my best, to learn and to really truly care and provide for people. Right. Yeah. How important is it to be your best? For me, <laughs> it's like I'm an all or nothing person. So if you're if you're going to get me doing something, it's going to be at 100%. I don't really understand the middle ground, which I've been learning is not always healthy. Um, but for me, it is. It's like if I take on something, you're going to get that. Or it just doesn't happen at all. Nice. So don't don't waste my time or we're going to yeah, do it all. Yeah, or right. you, like, yeah, whatever it is, it's, it's, and it's good, it's good and it's bad. It's good because it makes you very, very able to achieve something if you want it, but it can also make you a little bit crazy because <laughs> you're so <laughs> hyper-focused or so driven that it kind of um, can, can turn off some other features, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so being say moving on through your life and becoming a professor mm -hmm. at the university or something mm -hmm. would be yeah something that would intrigue you for sure i come from a family of teachers they oh, nice. are all so my grandpa was a teacher and then a principal my dad was a teacher and then a principal my mom's a teacher my grandma was a teacher my aunt's a teacher like everybody um and so i i don't know why i decided to kind of step away from that but that is one aspect of my job that I love so I do a lot of teaching opportunities to different groups within the city um, or even just when we're doing it inter like in within the clinic I love that aspect of it because again I like I like the giving people that that knowledge and that empowerment of having that knowledge so that they can go and again live their best life knowing what they need to know right right because i find that's the biggest thing is a lot of a lot of things that we do or that we don't do just comes from a lack of knowledge about it so being okay. able to spread that knowledge is is important okay so so having the knowledge mm -hmm. how do you know when you know <laughs> do, do you ever know all of it 
<laughs> I, I don't know. know. Um, you, you might not know all of it, but say you go to a class and you're learning yeah. physio. Mm -hmm. How do you know when you know? Like, how do I if, know? If your teachers, your instructors teaching you. Yeah. And you're learning it. Yeah. How do you know when you know? I think you know when you know when you can then teach again because you truly okay. understand um, versus just memorizing. So you see that, I feel like you see that a lot in classes or in universities is that um, students are learning just for the sake of what's going to be on the exam. Right. How are Don't you going to ask it on the, the exam? Right, where, yeah, just get it down rather than actually understanding the concepts and being able to relay that to somebody show i think that shows your true understanding there's lots of people that can just regurgitate things but oh, yeah does yeah. that mean that you actually understand what's going on or no when, i don't when think they so. physically go to do it and they don't know yeah. how to do it even though they can say it yeah yeah so no i think i think being able to answer questions right so again you can spit out something like a sentence about whatever it is but then if somebody asks you a question about it and you can't you can't maybe you don't have the direct answer but you can kind of work through the process and then be like hmm well this and this and this i'm not i don't totally know i'm going to look it up or i'm going to research it or whatever but even being able to have that thought process of how would you kind of work through that question rather than being like i don't know that was just the sentence that i memorized to right, teach you right right so when you can actually teach it to somebody else, mm -hmm. that's when you know it. Yes. Okay. And being able to teach it in a few different ways. Because everybody's going to learn a bit of a different way. So that's saying, what I always okay. look at. I had a math teacher in high school in grade nine that was like that. And he, he would basically stand up in front of the class and, and he would put an equation on the board and he would explain it and get people to figure it out. And only about a third of the class would get it. Yeah, yeah. And then he would say, okay, well, what if we did it this way? Yeah. And he, same question and same answer and same kind of process, but people look at it a little differently. Mm -hmm. And then more people would get it. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, there would be, you know, how, how else can we do this? And someone yes. would say, well, we can do this. And he'd say, good answer, you know, and then we'd do that. And yeah. all of a sudden, everybody in class got it. Yes. And right? that, like, that's true understanding, I feel like. Right. When, when you, when you learn it, but then you can turn around and teach it to somebody else, mm -hmm. you know, yes, that, you know, yeah. And also knowing that you'll know for a period of time, but things change, new research comes Correct. out, new things come out. So again, can you continue that learning and be okay with that? So think of all the things that I don't know, like 20 years ago we thought was true but now that we've had more research into it, um, more exposure to it, all of a sudden things change. Can you adapt with that again? Can you say, okay, like back then, this is what we thought, given the knowledge that we had, given the evidence right. and research that we had, but now new things have come to light. And can I change my, my practice? Can I teach my ways of teaching? Can I change what I'm saying to people so that it keeps up with that? And so that right. they're understanding it. Yeah, and that yeah. they're understanding. But I guess, again, that goes back to that fear of getting so complacent that there is new research. So in my field, there's new research that comes out all the time. 
Right. So it used to be that, I don't know, 20 years ago when people came out of getting their knee replaced, they'd be hooked up to what's called a continuous passive range of motion machine that basically would just bend their knee for hours on end. Now we know that that's not best practice. Right. And so we've, we've stopped using that. It, it might help, but it doesn't do what it needs to do. Yeah, yeah. And so as that changes, even though that might have been what we would have promoted then, can we change our ways of practice to make sure that it's keeping up with what's best for, for people? And I feel like that happens in almost every industry. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's so many things out there that change as time goes on. Yeah. And like you said, people get complacent, like, you know, that say the doctor that's been there for 40 years. Yeah. You go in and see him and he just wants to write a prescription, send you out because he doesn't really want to yeah. spend time yeah. and deal with you because he's kind of yeah. past that. Because that's the, that's the way we did it before and it worked then. And it's like, well, yes, but now, <laughs> now <laughs> right? what, right? Do you do anything in your spare time to take your mind off of work or your career or, or the stresses of life? No, I'm not very good at that. Um, no. All pretty much all of my extracurricular activities also still involve, involve movement and the body. So I, I coach and I train out of a CrossFit gym. So all of that has to do with how are you moving? How do you feel when you're moving? Lots of my patients come from my gym. And so I'm there seeing them there. So nice. it's, if I'm, if I'm in class, not only am I, whether I'm coaching or participating in it, not only am I worrying about me, I'm looking at them being like, okay, I'm seeing you for elbow pain. This is what we're working on. This is technique stuff that we're working on. So I'm watching them do their pull-ups or whatever they're doing. And that's constantly going through. So I would say like, it's awesome because I don't have to really switch my mind. It's kind of always okay. on that way. So it's good in that regard. But then again, that, that balance, I haven't quite figured out work-life balance. yet. Um, I'm getting better than I was last year, but no, my, my activities in my like personal life and my professional life, I feel like are very complementary to each other. Okay. Do you, do you do any yoga or meditation or any type of self-healing like that? I want to start doing yoga, mostly again from, from like a medical standpoint, being like, okay, you do a lot of strength training. You should probably throw in some mobility work, some physio. <laughs> um, I have recently started in on uh, kind of like a gratitude practice, I guess. Nice. Nice. So I don't think that's a form of meditation. I think it's different, but that has been, that's been really good again for kind of figuring out why right. or yeah. When people are, people don't understand again, why, if you're unhappy because they look at your life and they're like, you kind of got it all. Like, what do you mean? You're not happy with this. People would kill for this life. And I'm like, Hey, I know, but I'm just missing something. And so, yeah, that would kind of be my self care that I've just recently started. I've been finding it really helpful. My wife writes in a gratitude journal all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it, it releases something in your body when you, talk about being thankful for things yes it, it does and switches your mindset right yep. because yep. with some 
buddy with my kind of personality type, we're always looking for how things can get better. Or it's like, hey, that's great, but. And so you almost miss out on celebrating all of those achievements um, because you're constantly wanting to be perfect, constantly wanting to be better. So it doesn't really matter how good something is. You're like, yeah, okay, but what can I take to that next level? Right. Which again is good for some things because it means that you're going to continuously work and be driven and motivated, self-starter, whatever buzzword you want to use, but then it takes away. So I think for somebody with that kind of personality type, something like a gratitude journal is awesome because I, you have, have to, to actually sit, sit there and be like, hey, yes, you're going to continue to work, but right now at this moment, what are you thankful that you've had? Because yeah, somebody is looking at you being like, and I want to be like that person, or I want to get to be like that. And you're sitting there saying, this isn't good enough. Right. Which again, looking from the outside in, I can see how people would be like, well, that's not very, that's not very good. <laughs> so it's been, it's been really good and helpful that way to kind of just take those moments and say, Hey, you know what? Like I did do a good job yes, I'm going to continue to try to do a better job. But right now that was like, that was good. And I'm I can happy that be, I did good so yes, far. Yeah. And I can be happy with these things right now because three years ago, this is what you were trying to achieve. And now that you've achieved it, celebrate it, be grateful for it. Right. Continue to work hard. That's fine. But don't forget to celebrate, celebrate all the little steps, but yeah. still work towards, yeah. Towards bigger, ones. the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, what kind of, uh, I do meditation every day. Mm. My wife and I both do meditation. I find it creates a very positive outlook on life and everything. What kind of impact is it to, on, do you see to have a positive attitude with people you work with, people you associate with throughout the day, and even with your own family? Huge. Like, I, as I've, as I've gone on in my practice, um, I am starting to see how, just how important that mindset is and how if we don't have that, right, it doesn't matter what else you're doing, right? So even for me as an example, if I don't have that as a base, it doesn't matter that I'm eating exactly what I need to be eating, drinking all my water, getting my perfect sleep, getting my exercise in, um, keeping a clean house, socializing with friends, socializing with family, performing at work, all of those things. If I don't have that baseline attitude, none of that stuff is going to matter or make you happy or make you healthy or make you pain-free. If that's your issue right now, you need to have that. Like, I feel like your mindset has to be that first step. Nice. And I see that a lot in patients. You'll see the people that come in and they they're just defeated like they have they're not sleeping things in their life are going on um they have no kind of positive outlet or something to kind of look forward to they're just going through those motions and they're usually the ones that come in with like full body pain or chronic pain or things that we're seeing where it's like this is not tissue level like this is not that you've been injured this is your body trying to tell you that something is wrong and it's manifesting right. as this versus you right. see the people who come in and 
I had a girl, she was, how old was she? She was 16, 17. She was in a car accident. She was eight months pregnant when she was in the car accident. Um, everything was fine. Baby was safe. She was safe, but she broke like the entire right side of her body. She had a break in her tibia, in her femur, in her ribs, in her arm. She had plates and screws all over. She walked into me on the first day for an assessment and I walked in after all of that. She couldn't straighten her leg fully. So she had kind of like a crouched over gait, had her baby with her at 17 years old. And I'm like, how's your pain? It's fine. And I was like, fine, let's stretch. Yeah. I was like, you're (laughs) like, this is crazy. You of all people I'd expect to be like, like I'm in a lot of pain. Like these are all very, very big physical traumas that happened to this girl's body. And because her outlook on it was that like, I'm happy to be alive. I have a baby, like all of these things. I am just like, I'm grateful and I know I'm going to be okay. was kind of her where she was like, I'm like, I'm young, I'm healthy. Things are going to be okay. And I actually didn't, I was like, I can't believe this right now. I remember talking to one of my other coworkers being like, this girl is ridiculous. Like she, she could be that person who could just so easily kind of crumble under all of that. Right. And yet she is just thriving because of her attitude. Those are the ones you want to stand up in front of the, the crowd and say, hey, yeah, everything's great and life is good and you can yeah. make it through anything. Yeah. So it right? was, that was motivation. That was really, that was probably one of my like wow moments um, in my career so far. And I, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I believe a positive attitude is, is the basis of everything because when you're negative, Everybody around you is negative. Yes. Everything drags down and gets closed in and and you feel like you're being crushed almost all the time. Mm -hmm. And when you're positive and happy and everybody else around you sees that or it rubs off on them, you walk down the street and you smile at somebody and they smile back. I believe that positive energy just flows and makes the whole world a better place. Mm -hmm. And I think with your body, when you are positive and you are manifesting positive actions and everything, yeah, your body takes that and uses it. Yeah. And it's, it's like, I don't know who come and said it, but when you're looking for something, you see it more, right? Where it's yep. like, if you're focusing on a red car, all of a sudden you're like, where are all these red cars coming from? Well, they were still there. You, didn't just, recognize you just didn't recognize them or you yep. didn't see them. So if your focus is negative, all you're going to see is all those things. They're probably all there for all of us, but we're not picking up on all of them because our mindset isn't there. So on the flip side, positive is usually always there. Sometimes it's not. And in those situations, okay, we got to bring it in. We, yeah, we need, well, (laughs) and that's easier said than done, but being able to see those things, right? So something like a gratitude journal being like, Oh wow. You know what? That was a really busy, hectic day but look at all these good things that I could pick out of that so that you go to bed at night feeling happy about those things and and accomplished. Yeah. Versus what were all the bad things that happened? There's, there's a ton of good and bad things that happened to all of us in a day, but which one are you going to kind of put, (laughs) put on a higher pedestal? Right. Right. And that's the one thing that then you're going to see more. 
Yeah. And that's, that's like, you know, they always say if you focus on the positive and you manifest opportunities like a dream board or whatever, when you're manifesting those things all the time and you're focusing on that all the time, your mind's looking for it. Like yes. the red car. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're, you're manifesting that and you're looking for it. And pretty soon those doors are opening and you're seeing those opportunities. Mm -hmm. They were all there before. Mm -hmm. You just didn't recognize them, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So as time goes on, you, you start to pick up on those things. Mm -hmm. If you could do or be anything at all without any possibility of failure, what would it be? Do or be anything. Um, yeah, I, I, this might be selfish, but I think I would still be, I would still be on the same track that I would be on. Um, I, I really truly have a passion for, um, yeah, like women's health kind of with regards to after babies. So that is like, that's something that I'm working my career towards. So specializing in things like public health physio, um, starting up programs like postpartum fitness things nice. at the gym or opening up a kind of multidisciplinary clinics here. So I think, I think what I'm doing is in line with actually who I want to be. I'm probably just moving at it a little bit slower because there are other things where I'm like, Oh, well you might not be ready yet or Lethbridge might not be ready yet. Or like, I still need to, you always feel um, there's something called imposter syndrome in any kind of healthcare field where you feel like you don't belong, like you're not good enough. So you've gone through all of this training, but there's always that thing in the back of your mind being like, no, like you, you can't possibly know enough. You can't possibly be good enough to be in charge of this many things to do with people's health. Um, and so that's always constantly in the back of your mind being like, no, 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 you're not, you're not ready yet. You need to learn more. You need to do more. You need to experience more before you go into something like that. And I think most people who have done things like that, they didn't start out with all of the knowledge in the world, right? We hear that all the time where it's like, I was just this little person. I started this, but then I continued to learn and I continued to grow. Um, and they end up being very successful in kind of like what Dr. They, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Right? What they chose to do. And, and you just kind of give it that, give it that time, give it that effort and it will, it will come and it will grow. And so will you. Awesome. Yeah. If, if you could go back and change anything in your life, what would it be? Um, I think more, that would be more on like a personal level than a career level, but I probably would have exited my last relationship a little bit earlier. Um, that was, there was things that were coming from that that I don't think were in line with who I truly wanted to be or where I wanted to be going in life, but you get comfortable. And you get complacent. You no more. Yeah. That, yeah. that you just kind of try to adapt with it the best you can. And um, yeah, kind of going back, I'd have been like, Oh yeah, maybe that would have been a good thing to, <laughs> to, to not have stayed in, but 
again, if that's the biggest thing that I have to worry about, I feel like things are pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. If you could write a letter to your younger self, what would you say and what age would it be? Um, I think the main message would be that you don't need to be perfect at thing at everything that you try to do. So okay. it's like, I, I feel like I sacrificed a lot of, um, more of the kind of softer things in life or like the softer skills of like relationships and just, um, time with people because I was so goal oriented and so focused on things, um, and put so much kind of power into them that if I hit that goal, everything would work out. And I think it, it did for the most part where it was like, yeah, again, looking at my life from an outsider perspective, it's like, well, all of your goals did lead to exactly what you were wanting to with the exception of one piece of it. So I guess it would be, I think it, I think that really no, no, it started pretty early, but I think where it really started to turn and have an impact was probably my, um, like 18, 19, like second or third year of university is when I really flipped that switch of that kind of like driven, no like blinders on kind of thing. Okay. So yeah, it would be that you don't need to be, you don't need to have to do everything perfect to be successful or to have people love you or to um, have things work out, I guess. Right. Would, would you change things from your past? Um, no, no, other than changing that bit of focus. Because in the end, all your experiences from the past have made you who you are today. Yeah. Yeah. So if you did change things, where would you be at now or who would you be now? Yes. And so with the exception of maybe not putting so much of that pressure on myself all the time and being able to enjoy experiences a little bit more, that would be the thing that I would change. So I wouldn't change where I've ended up in terms of career, um, life, health, home things, but I would change how I have interacted with experiences and people and kind of enjoyed them a little bit more and been okay with that downtime. Right. So how important would it be then to live in the moment? I am... I am learning that that is very important <laughs> and that's something that I still, I feel like I'm still working on. I've gotten a lot better. Whereas before, if it wasn't a conversation that was um, kind of progressing my, my career, my workouts, my relationships, whatever it was, if it, if I didn't feel that I'd be thinking about all those other things that I could do. So while I'd be having a conversation with somebody, if it was like small talk, in my head, it'd be wasting like, okay, what? Not necessarily <laughs> wasting, but I'd be like, okay, uh, you need to plan on what are you going to get for groceries? What are you going to meal prep for that week? When are you going to do your workouts for this person, for your patient on Tuesday at 10 o'clock? You need to do blah, blah, blah. And so um, 
again, like, I feel like I missed out on some of that because people can read that, right? Where if you're not, if you're not actually engaged engaged. with them, they'll read that. And so I do like all of those things that to me seemed like a waste of time. Like everybody's showing pictures of what they did on the weekend and what their kids and I'm going, Hey, we're here to work. Like let's do. And so why not? Like, why, why not take that five minutes? to interact with that person in a way that yes it's not productive to your job or your career or your schooling but it's productive to relationships and it's productive to your mental health and you're grateful for them sharing those pictures of their grandkids yeah on the weekend yeah so (laughs) it's or talking about those fun times yeah that, that you had yeah and that makes you recognize your fun times or want to do fun things rather than just being always so focused on producing results right yeah being being results oriented mm-hmm. goal oriented yeah it doesn't hurt to be goal oriented yeah and have those things in your mindset but you also need to have you have, to have some downtime yeah some work-life balance yeah some time where you can live in the moment yes yeah sit back and go ah yes right yeah. and reflect on your accomplishments that you've made to this point yes yeah. Right. Be be happy with your progress you've made, even though you're pushing to go further. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> what is one thing in your life that you've accomplished so far that you are most proud of? Um, I would say just my kind of my whole entrance into my career. So I only applied to one university for physio and I only had to apply once. So when I, I, because I was not in that field kind of growing up, I didn't understand that most people when you're applying to um, whether it's physio program or occupational therapy or med school or dental school, you apply to multiple schools because (laughs) that's just what you do. And I didn't know that. So I, I remember walking with a professor And he was like, okay, so what schools did you apply to? And I was like, U of A. He's like, and where else? I was like, nowhere. What do you mean? Like, I only want to go to the Calgary campus of U of A. And he was like, Ashley, he was like, you can't do that. You need to, like, you need to apply to multiple schools. Like, you're not, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get in, all these things. I just remember walking through that hallway being like, did I just set myself back, like, an entire year because I made a mistake. I didn't, I didn't do this. And so then getting in and not only getting in on that first try, but getting into my um, preferred campus on the first try and your exact program and my exact program, I was very proud of that. And then coming out of physio school, um, walking directly into a job that I had kind of already set up prior because of my work ethic while I was in the university down here I worked at a clinic just as a like a therapy assistant or kinesiologist Um, and by my work ethic there they held a spot for me and basically said when you're done we know that you'll work well so here's a job call us yeah and so kind of that whole process to me was something that I feel proud of and I feel like it that says a lot for your character well, yeah, but it also strengthens that that sometimes not so helpful belief that 
you just need to put your head down and work towards that goal. Right. Because that's what I did and I achieved what I wanted to. Yeah. So it again, it's good and it's bad because it's been strengthened with what I've done, but I also need to learn that learn that right. balance that you could probably still do that without being that crazy driven person. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have drive though. Yeah. To to have be driven for success or be driven to achieve those things that you set out to do. Yes. Yeah. Because you don't want to say, yeah, I'm going to do this. And you're like, yeah, I don't feel like working on that today. Yeah. And yeah. then it just becomes a routine of putting it off and putting it off yeah. and never getting there. Yes. Yeah. And then being frustrated that you're not getting there. Yes, exactly. Right? <laughs> That's, that is. Yeah. That's Back to the positive attitude and the, and the being driven and work ethic and those things. Yeah. Um, how important is it to have a good character? You, you, I feel like you have to. Like, if you don't have, like, are you talking about like having like integrity and, or what kind of character are you talking what about? What do you want it to be? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, I think, having a good character means that you are you're genuine to who you are so it doesn't really matter what your specific qualities are but just being genuine to that and kind of not not kind of wavering depending on who you're with like you're going to give a little bit depending on who you're right. with but not having that solid set being, being true to yourself. Yeah, and always being able to act on that. So even if there's a situation that comes up where you could do something else, if your character is strong, it'll be predictable in the way that you know how you're going to react. People know how you're going to react or what you're going to do. Right. Um, so, yeah, I guess having like a strong character and being being true to that instead of wavering okay. is important. And and like you said, integrity. Yeah. Like and integrity I feel like that gets tossed around a lot where people are like, Oh yeah. But truly doing what needs to be done when nobody's looking. That to me is That is true integrity. Yeah, where it's like it's I'm not just use food as an example. I'm not just eating healthy for you in front of like when I'm, when I'm out, I'm also doing those behaviors behind the scenes. Right. That's integrity. Or, um, when you're working with patients, when I'm talking to you directly, I'm showing you that I care about your, your rehab and your progression and everything like that. But then behind the scenes, me staying at the clinic late to do extra research if I need to, or putting together your program or on the weekends, taking an extra course or whatever it is to make sure that what I am providing to you is what you need and is the best care. But nobody nice. knows that or nobody's nice. watching that. But that to me again is saying, okay, that's actually truly in line with what you're putting forward to people. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. That is awesome. What one thing in your past has given you your greatest life lesson? Uh, probably last year, um, when I was going through all of those changes, I didn't want to feel any kind of sadness. And so I made myself busy. I worked more. I went and got another okay. job. So 
So on top of a full-time physio job, I went back to the accounting firm that I worked at before and I helped there them out go. through tax season. Perfect. And awesome. then when I was done that, I switched clinics and then I also went and worked at the hospital. So I just nice. like went into overdrive of work where I worked okay. for from January till November. Um, did not, there was a period there where I didn't even take any kind of weekend off, but I thought that that was a good coping strategy was to, again, just be productive, just be goal oriented rather than actually dealing with what are like, what are you actually feeling? How do you, how do you feel about that? What are you going to do to kind of move on or do things? Um, I learned that that was not a productive way <laughs> to overcome grief. Um, it was, it probably did me more harm than good. And now I'm having to kind of come out of that um, this year and kind of grow and actually deal with some of those things rather than just burying them in work, essentially. Right. And so, now you've found your gratitude journal. Yes. Yeah. Found that. And uh, yeah, it's been, and found a better balance where nice. I've said, you know what, as, as good as it feels to be productive and busy um, and working, I have more to my life than that. And I need to have more to my life than that. <laughs> right. Right. And, and how important is it with family in your life? You said you've, you're an only child with parents mm -hmm. and grandparents. Mm -hmm. um, what about, you know, social relationships with those you work with or friends or, mm. or patients, people you come to know? Yeah. How, how important is that in your life? Um, there it is. It's important to me. Um, but I, I tend to be one just like when we were talking about earlier with my mom kind of being that person that um, doesn't, if you need help, you don't show it, you don't ask, you kind of do it by yourself. So I think, I think I could get better in that regard, but on the flip side, when I'm going through something, I know that my level of like care and help for others skyrockets because right. I'm trying to not <laughs> worry about me. Not focus on and yourself. If I can, yeah. Right. And if I can feed them. So yeah, like I would say I've got a very, very close group of friends and they are kind of more like my family just because I don't have, I don't have siblings. I don't have cousins. Right. Um, so having them, they, and having them be so, our lifestyles are so similar um, that we understand, you can truly understand kind of what people are going through, what they're doing, why they're doing things, because our goals are kind of all the same, that they've kind of become more of my family, I would say. Yeah. Um, and they, they are, they're, they're a huge support system. They're a huge source of joy. Um, nice. I know when, like, if I am ever feeling like sad or down, it takes me like five minutes of being with them, any one of them and it's fine and it's good. And so I think they're very grounding and I'm very grateful to have them. Um, patient wise, I, I feel like I take on a lot of what my patients are feeling or telling me. So I, I tend to. I tend to really connect with them because I, 
I feel like you almost need to in order to understand where they're coming from, what they're going through, and make it important to me too, right? Okay. Because that's when things are going to get done. Yep. So talking about integrity before, right, where it's like somebody comes into me and maybe they're, they've got something that I don't know everything about which is many things, but maybe I'm just really not familiar with that. And, but it's something that's really important to them. And so I take that on being like, if that was me, I would want somebody who actually truly cares and is doing the work to help me get there. So then I take that on and say, okay, well, you don't quite know this, go figure it out so that you can actually right. truly help this person. Um, and I feel like that helps your relationship with your patients because then they they know that you're actually there to care because nice. I hear it all the time with how busy our society is. People feel like their healthcare providers don't actually care about them because they're just worried about pumping people through. And that's not how I want to treat. I've, I've talked with, I, I had a really good friend in Fort McMurray that was a chiropractor and I talked with him as well as other doctors and healthcare providers and mm -hmm. stuff who they say that they want to pump through one patient every six minutes yeah. in their clinics. Yeah. I had a doctor that we used to go to in Fort McMurray, knew quite well, family friend. And when he moved his, his practice to Edmonton, we ended up making trips to Edmonton to go see him because you would go in and see him and he would spend however much time you want to spend with him. Yeah. Yeah. He would be behind an hour in his appointments because he's spending it with people. Yeah. And we were okay with that. Yeah. You know, and those are the people that actually care about your well-being. Yes. Yeah. You know, and we, again, I, I see a gentleman in town here, a naturopath that when he sits down with us and discusses with my wife about some of her things, mm -hmm. he always goes and looks on the computer and says, okay, what can we do now? And he's mm -hmm. looking for new things and mm -hmm. new new types of stuff and yeah. and then he would say to nancy well what do you think and she would say well can we try this and he says yeah let's try that and he's open to that kind of yes thing, yeah right? and i think that is like i get it from both ends with healthcare providers like we need to like there does need to be a time limit on things unfortunately because it is a schedule -based you can't thing, see everybody but yeah, you can't see everybody, right. but you do need to give people the the time, right? Like you can't, yeah. that was one of the reasons that I left my old practice was that was the mentality of like, you flip people every 15 minutes or you have like three people on the go at one time. And I was like, I don't feel like I'm providing the best care, the care that I want to right. give right. in that environment. So you made the switch. Right. Exactly. That's, that's kind of how I see things too. I just, I think... There, there has to be a balance. Yes, you want to pump people through because you want to try and help everybody. Mm -hmm. But where does the quality lack? You, you still need to give them the quality. And if you're there yeah. focusing on helping people, are you helping them? Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. What is your idea of perfect happiness? Um. Perfect happiness for me um, would probably look like 
I guess, and this is again, something that I'm still kind of working on currently, but my idea of kind of what a perfectly happy life would be for me would be again, that very kind of successful career where I have made that impact on people. I've opened up a lane for um, people to kind of be heard and treated well. Um, but then also balanced with having again, that little bit more of life things. So, um, husband travel things in that regard, Laying still being with able an umbrella to, drink. Yeah. Or adventuring <laughs> off in the mountains somewhere. Like I'm def I, yeah. I'm not one that can just sit on hike, the beach. Hike, I have to kind of hiking and climbing yeah. rock faces. Yeah. Things like yeah. that. Um, having a good connection with my, with my friends and family, still being able to kind of make them um, a priority and um, being able to spend quality time with them, not just like, oh, well, we'll pencil you in for 10 minutes, but I'm thinking about all these other things. <laughs> that would be yeah. nice to have eventually. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, still being able to kind of pursue my own kind of um, hobbies, I guess. So obviously being in physio, activity is really important to me and it always has been like sport and activity so being able to have time to to kind of dedicate to that as well so I guess mostly happiness for me is a balance between all of those things nice. but being able to be what I would define as kind of successful in all of them nice nice excellent if you could have lunch with anybody chat with them dead or alive who would it be mm -hmm. John Wayne. John Wayne. <laughs> John Wayne. Why would that be? Um, I don't know. I had the biggest crush on him growing up. <laughs> he, like, I watched a lot of Westerns with my dad growing yeah. up, and he was always just that, like, tough, gruff, in control kind of guy. Um, and I just think he'd be kind of fun to talk to because I feel like nice. the whole um, – I don't know, our society, our society's doing so many weird things to the role of men and women and um, that true role of like an old timer, like man, man, farmer, whatever. I think it would just kind of be cool to see his, <laughs> his take on kind of what the world is like today. And yeah, you know, I just think he'd be nice. a kind of a cool a cool guy. So nothing to that, do with anything would, other than that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love John Wayne. I love all his movies. And, I know they were so yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. What type of music makes you happy? What's your go-to for feel good music? I'm all over the map. It really depends on, <laughs> it really depends on mood or activity. Um, so I pretty much like anything except for that really like screamo heavy metal Grunge. angry music <laughs> but i mean like if i'm gonna go have work you know you put on acdc and def yeah, leppard yeah or like kind of more like the hip-hop rap like pump up music okay. so that makes me happy with that regard um if i'm going to work to kind of get myself like happy and going again i would probably it would be more kind of like the happy pop things on the way home to get me excited for bed i'm listening to more kind of like folky country music whatever nice. but it definitely i'm definitely not a one one music that takes over others it it ebbs and flows 
<laughs> yeah. So then, okay, because of that, yeah. if you were stranded on a desert island and your device could only play one song over and over and over and never stopped, what song would it be? Oh, oh, you're asking me far too many like <laughs> single point questions and I'm not a single pointer. Um, hmm. what, would I, what do I always listen to? And that is, that is tough. Um, I, I really don't know that I can, can pick. <laughs> Any one, it would it would probably be more so like a country song. Okay. Um, I think because that's what I like. That's what I grew up on listening to. So I feel very at home with any of those types of songs, like the older country. Um, and they're very they're always usually pretty. Um, relatable i guess or like yeah. pure pure simple life which yeah. like obviously i don't exemplify a simple life <laughs> but in the back of my mind i'm always like that kind of seems nice to just have that like simple life yeah. just kind of go about things so i think it's a, that's why i'm dr drawn to that because it kind of um it's a juxtaposition to my life so i'm like oh remember that balance that balance of that simple life nice. so some kind of country i know it's not a specific song but that's okay that's something okay. in there you've given us lots of good insights so far anyways <laughs> so if you if you accomplish this is my final question if you've accomplished everything that you've ever wanted to in your life you've learned everything you've ever wanted to you've been successful beyond anything you've ever imagined mm -hmm. and when you pass on and and everything you've learned and and all your successes you have to take with you and Nobody knows who Ashley Lowe is when she leaves this world. Mm -hmm. But you're allowed to leave behind three life lessons for future generations. What would they be? Oh, I would still say um, that hard work truly does pay off. So whatever, whatever the thing is that you want, um, you, like I, I do, I do truly believe that you can get that if you do work hard towards it and have kind of that focus and um, kind of on the flip side of that, then understanding that with true success and greatness, there's going to be some sacrifice. So people who think that they can have it all and all of that, I think are really lacking the understanding of what it takes to truly be great or successful at something the whole rose colored glasses yeah thing. yeah where you don't actually understand all of the things that get that have to get pushed aside in order for something else to grow right so you can be right. that person that's kind of even keel a, a, um, across a bunch of domains but you're going to be tapped out at whatever 60 percent 70 percent if you want to be at 100 or 110 percent of something something else has to give so those are kind of two that go in one okay. that you can have it, but realizing then that maybe something so, so else, maybe hard work and sacrifice. Yeah. And, and that it's okay. Okay. That, um, I guess that'll lead into the third one that you don't need to be perfect in everything. 
Nice. So, and, and understanding that things may change, like those levels of, okay, if I've achieved 110% in this area and this one had to dip a little bit, maybe now I can pick up in that one and then something else can kind of go down. So not, not feeling like you need to be perfect in everything to achieve then that success or that greatness. Nice. Awesome. Thank you very much, Ashley. I appreciate your time. Thank you. And I would love to have another interview with you in the future. Yeah. Maybe not right away, but maybe like next year or something. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be awesome. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. And I hope our viewers and our listeners can pull something from this and use it in their lives. Yeah, me, me too. Awesome. Again, thank you very much for your time. Yeah. Thank you. This is Lessons for Life. Uh, and join us next time.